Welcome to Geminit, a podcast about knitting, spinning, dyeing, and other crafts in mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tamara. Thanks for listening. We're recording on February 5th of 2023, and today's episode is about linen. Hi, Tamara. How are you doing today? I'm okay. How about you? Good. Very good. Uh, What are you working on? What I'm working on right now is actually a new cowl design out of linen. It's one of the linen yarns that I wrote a blog post about. I did some samples of it, and I liked it enough that I have cast on a new sample cowl. So, but I'm just at the ribbing, and honestly, um, ribbing isn't something that linen does super super well. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing that anyway because it'll keep the cowl from flipping at the sides. Yeah. What right. are you working on? I am working on a linen sweater. Uh, the pattern is St. Catherine's by Kate Davies. She's the one that did the um, pattern for the owl sweater that was so popular back yeah, I, in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Yep, I had one of those. I knit one of those. Yeah, uh, I saw this sweater on a um, employee at uh, a yarn store recently, and I fell in love. And you were talking about doing this linen episode, and I had some very old stash linen, and here we go. Yeah. What else are you working on? I also have a sweater that I started. I brought it so I could show you. It is another Sherry pullover, the one that I use for my um, hiking sweaters. I have worn mm-hmm. out worn out yet another hiking sweater, so I've started a new one. This one's in um, Lamb's Pride Worsted. I think it'll be more durable. But also, I think um, I may not wear this one for hiking because I love the color. It's a blue-gray-black mix uh, called Persian Peacock, and um, I have started wearing sweaters to work, and this seems like it would be a good fit for that. I love Lamb's Pride Persian Peacock. I have never bought it, but I just love that color. I have a pair of mittens out of it, and you know I'll, I'll lay down the mittens next to a hat that's brown or a hat that's bright pink or you know, wherever, and I always think, oh, that color looks nice with that. I, I think it looks uh-huh. like nice with everything, just about, or at least the colors that I choose. And uh, what else have you been working on? I finished both of the fingering weight hats that I was making out of the, it was gray and then the neon rainbow out of the mini skeins from Tall Pines Yarns. I picked it up off Etsy. I'll leave a link in the show notes. I think she actually calls it fluorescent, not neon, but I like Mm -hmm. neon. So that's what I'm calling it. And um, the stripes are in slightly different locations. So I'm going to see the older teen. I'm holding them up. I don't know if you can tell. Yes, I can see them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see the older teen at the end of the month and let them pick the one they want, and then I'll keep the other one. Okay. Yeah, and the stripes, one is uh, up near the crown, and the other one is more where stripes are traditionally in a beanie hat. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, looking at them side by side, the difference isn't that big. Like, part of the stripe overlaps, um, mm-hmm. but because a hat isn't all that tall to begin with, it I think it makes a pretty big difference. So. hmm So what I have next is fantasy knitting. Uh, There is a new pattern out there by Stephen West. And while I can appreciate his work, a lot of it isn't for me uh, because I like nice, simple knits without uh, a lot of uh, techniques that people have not done before. And while they're not hard, I like a little bit more autopilot or brainless. Well, he just dropped a basket weave sweater pattern that is a circle yoke sweater 
has garter stitch short rows to raise the back of the neck and lower the neck because that's uh, important to me because I can't handle the feeling of stuff around my neck. And then the basket weaves have little yarn overs. So there's like eyelets all over the sweater and the basket weaves, the knit and pearls get slightly bigger to cause the shaping. And it's just much more of a classic weekend type sweater. Uh, I fell in love with it as soon as I saw it. And I almost cast it on that day because I have some uh, old rusted chair uh, yarn in my stash. And I think this will be the sweater for it. I followed the link. I hadn't actually, I haven't been paying a close attention mm-hmm. to what's going on in the knitting world. And that's actually a nice change for right now. I'm enjoying this little breath of fresh air but I followed your link and yeah I like it yeah yeah and I haven't researched it but looking at the picture I think he must have a matching scarf because the scarf he's posing with seems to be the same design yeah just follow the link in the show notes I don't know anything about the scarf but it did pop out in the photographs so let's move on to the topic of the show You are working with uh, linen yarn, and uh, that's what's inspiring this right now. I'm going to go over a little bit about how linen is made. It is a plant, and it's very pretty blue flowers. I know about flax blue from the crayon sets. It was one of my favorite uh, colors when I was a little kid. It grows in cool, damp places. And I did some research about it and a towel company made the best write-up, I thought. So there's going to be a link in the show notes that takes you to a towel company. But I like how the write-up about linen and growing is easy to read, but also scientific. It has about how it is harvested. It can be harvested by machines now, but the best high-quality linen is still harvested by hand. Then to get the fibers out of the stems, it has to be redded, which is a, a vocabulary word meaning rotted, uh, usually in water, although it can be done chemically. It's just laid out in water so that bacteria can eat away the parts of the stem that they don't want, leaving behind the long strands that linen is. And then after that, it is uh, combed and then spun. It has, uh, it's very long fibers. It can be up to three feet. Because it has the long fibers, when it's spun, it can put, uh, the longer the fiber, the less twist it needs. But there still has to be enough twist to hold it together. So that twist can build up in linen yarns, which can cause a problem for knitters because the knit fabric can skew. Have you ever had a project skew on you? Not linen, but just in general? Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I've definitely experienced that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's when you're square swatch uh, and then you wash it and it turns from a square to uh, maybe hopefully a parallelogram, but it like tilts over on its side. And that is from excess twist in the yarn. And the type of linen that I'm knitting right now definitely skews. Tamara then has now knit with a swatch with quite a bit of linen. So I'm going to let her take over for her section. Okay. Um, I had fun doing this. I was interested in linen. I love it. It's one of my new favorites and I've been wanting to do it for a while. So I just decided I'm going to pick out four or five linens that I can get a hold of easily. And I'm going to knit up 
I did two swatches in each of the linens that I picked and I did all of the swatches exactly the same. So um, in the blog post, I've got side-by-side -side pictures of this is what it looked like in this yarn before it was washed and blocked. And this is what it looks like after it was washed and blocked. Mm -hmm. I took measurements too, because I wanted to know how much does this change? How much does the row gauge change and how much does the stitch gauge change? Um, and that was fun. One of the first things I found was I definitely did not want to do it with cables, which is normally where my mind goes. Um, and it's really not great at the ribbing. I said I am doing ribbing on this cowl, but it's more uh, to keep the shape of the cowl and keep it from flipping up on the sides. It's not to have actual ribbing because that's it's right. it doesn't have the el elasticity to make that that ribbing pull in. But it, but it should keep it flat. You still have to have something to keep the yarn from the knitted fabric from rolling because mm -hmm. linen will still roll just like any other. And linen stitch is actually perfect for that. I just, just decided uh -huh. not to do that here. I, I, it's enjoyable. It's a little bit of back and forth, which is less fun for my fingers. But the fabric that it makes is beautiful. It's worth checking out if you haven't done that. Actually, haven't. Okay. Yeah, it's fun and it's uh, it's amazing the fabric that it makes because it it you can pull it all kinds of directions. And I think it would stop almost any yarn from skewing like you were talking about, mm -hmm. which is probably why it's called linen stitch. You know, people know things, <laughs> <laughs> but the yarns that I chose to do my samples were Barocco Chai, which is a linen blend. It's I'm going to use numbers. Uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. skip the numbers. It's a linen blend with linen and silk with slightly more linen in it. So that was one of them. And then another one that I chose was Juniper Moon Farm Zoe. Again, uh, it's a... Have you done that one? I've lusted after it, but I have not yet bought it. Yeah. The skein is huge. So uh -huh. it looks like it would really last a long ways. I'm trying to see how many yards it says it has in it. It says it's only got 284 yards, which is not that much more than any of the other skeins, really. But uh, the feel of it with the cotton makes it more bulky, and it just looks big. Uh-huh. And that one is a linen blend with cotton and linen, and it's actually got slightly more cotton in it than it does linen. And then I did Knit Picks Lindy Chain, again, a linen blend. It's a more linen than cotton, and it's mixed with Pima cotton. And then finally, I did one that's 100% wet spun linen. It's the mm -hmm. Loft Fiber Euroflax, and um, I'm going to say that's my favorite. It feels like when you're knitting up linen, like one of the first things you notice is it's not soft and pliable. It feels like knitting with twine or it can, depending on what kind of blend you're knitting with. But even over the time of doing the repeated stitches, it softens up. And then once mm -hmm. you wash it and block it, it softs, softens amazing. Yeah. I have a lot of numbers and this is how much the row gauge change and this is how much the stitch gauge change. But really looking at the samples, I'm kind of scrolling up and down at the blog post. Mm -hmm. What I can tell you is the ones that have more linen in it than anything else, the difference in row gauge is small. It's hard to see even the pictures. And the ones that have, say, more cotton in them or more silk in them, you can see a road gauge change almost immediately. Um, uh -huh. So it's definitely worth doing a swatch because even though most linen projects, yours isn't, it's a sweater or a cardigan, but most linen projects, uh, 
that there are patterns out there for are smaller projects. They're like cowls or they're scarves or they're something that you can wear in warm weather to give your outfit something knitted and pretty, but not be warm. And the row gauge and the stitch gauge may not matter so much in those because I mean, your cowl can be long and drapey or it can be closer up around your neck and chest and it doesn't matter. It's still going to be pretty no matter what. But with a lar larger project like a cardigan or a sweater, you really got to swatch it because you don't know what to expect until you wash it. Yes. I haven't knit with a ton of linen in the past, although I love it. But what I've mostly used it for is dresses for taught like a uh, two-year-old little girls because it is so hard wearing and it's so elegant and you can run it through the washer and dryer, even if the ball band doesn't say so. I have never ruined it, although it shrinks so much. That's the reason why I make like toddler clothing, because you knit it really big. You knit it when they're a baby and then they, they'll grow into it. But it's so elegant and uh, swishy and flowing. And reason why I chose the St. Catherine sweater, it has dolman, almost bat wing sleeves, so that it is big and oversized. Um, I'm hoping the fit is not going to matter too much because there's not like the bust measurement around because it's, it's a shrug cardigan. And while I did a swatch and I took the shrinkage into account, I don't feel like it's going to be super accurate. I didn't want anything fitted with, a, especially since I didn't really do math. I just held up the swatch and went, oh yeah, that's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and I do sort of, sort of have a wobbly percentage. And I got to say, I am knitting this. I'm in the point where I am having anxiety that even though this is a, a flowing, non-fitted cardigan, uh, without any shoulder shaping or anything like that, that is going to be is looking humongous. I, I am feeling anxiety about it. I did chose this pattern in particular because um, it's cropped and I don't have very much yarn. The yarn I do have is discontinued and the flowing sleeves. So there's no upper shoulder shaping around the um, bust in the shoulders. It's all flowing and elegant. Yes. Okay, I'm starting to repeat myself, so we'll go on with that. But uh, go to, what's your website? Where's your blog post? It's TamaraMoots.com, and each blog post is just the title of the particular piece that I wrote that time, and this one's called mm -hmm. A Closer a closer Look at Knitting with Linen. So, so Tamara put, wrote down some things about knitting with linen, and it's exactly right. I use that information when choosing this pattern. Cool. Um, I did have a few other tips that I picked up from other people because I did a quite a bit of research before I mm -hmm. started and, and here are the tips. I, I added them to the blog post, but one of them is swatch it and, and wash and block your swatch. So that was the big one. That one has exclamation points. And then after that, people said things like choose accessories or smaller projects where gauge inconsistencies won't matter as much. People say avoid cables and ribbing. I agree with that completely. And instead use, I really like basic knits and pearls and simple lace. I think it does great with simple lace. In fact, that's the cowl that I've cast on that I'm working on while we talk. It's got some simple lace and it's beautiful. 
another one is, and you maybe have run into this since you're doing a larger project, when you're mm -hmm. joining linen yarns, you have to take special care with the ends because they'll slip past each other more easily than wool. They're not going to grab each other. And so a lot of people talk about using a duplicate stitch when you sew in your ends so that it's got less chance of slipping past each other later. I thought that was interesting. And maybe means you need to leave longer tails than you might. I'm not sure. I haven't done duplicate stitch sewing it. I need to, I need to test that out and see. And a big one was plan to use wooden or bamboo needles. And if you're not getting the gauge that you want, um, I'll go back to the needles. I think it's because the linen grabs onto those instead of just slipping off and feeling mm -hmm. like you have no control at all. And then um, if you're not getting the gauge you want with your needles, don't try to knit it tighter or looser. Just change your needle size because trying to go tighter and possibly looser, but tighter for sure, will be harder on your hands and your wrists and you'll end up having pain from that. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. And, you know, normally I don't do swatches after swatches after swatches after swatches. And um, I still had a lot of fun doing that because I washed mm -hmm. some of them and I dried some, you know, and I and then I still have the ones that never got washed or dried sitting in front of me. And they're still not behaving. You can see a picture, a side by side picture where like they're rolled up. I had to use tape, like double sided tape to tape them to the <laughs> to the surface to take pictures because you couldn't get them flat. Otherwise, there's no way to measure or. But then as soon as you wash it and I didn't dry I washed and dried one of them in the washer and mm -hmm. I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't like that one as well as the other samples. So maybe I'm just going to keep throwing that in the washer. I was prob probably rougher on it than I needed to be. I threw it in with a load of towels, which maybe wasn't what they intended when they said wash and dry. <laughs> I think the towels is a mistake because of the towel lint. I wouldn't want any lint to get embedded into the linen. Linen is usually a low pill fabric. Um, that's one of the things I like it. The more you work it, the more you wear it, the more you wash it, the softer and softer and softer it gets. Woven linen gets all wrinkly very fast. Uh, you can iron it with a hot iron and you could do that with the knitted too, but the knit stitch keeps it from wrinkling as much. Um, yeah. And the cotton blends also keep it from wrinkling. I, I laid my, my, you know, I yanked and pulled to get the shape that I wanted and then just laid them flat to dry like I would anything else mm -hmm. in it. Um, and that was perfect for me. So That's what yeah. the ball bands usually recommend. I think it keeps some of its shine. It's got a really pretty shine and, and yes. luster or, and I think the one that I did wash and dry in the machine um, doesn't have as much of the shine anymore. And I think now that you mentioned skewing, I can see that it skewed more from the washer and dryer mm -hmm. than, than it had. Cause this particular sample, I thought about making three, but I love the yarn and I wanted to make the cowl design out of it. So I didn't do it. So all I have is one that's, never been washed and dried. And then I have one that's gone through the washer and the dryer. But in between, I took some pictures of it before it went through the washer and the dryer. So I, I uh -huh. can rem remember what it looked like. And um, I liked the one, I liked this piece that I'm holding up and showing you before I put it in the washer and the dryer better. Uh huh. There you have it. Okay. A podcast announcements. Join the Geminit podcast group on Ravelry and follow us on Instagram at Geminit Podcast. Uh, pretty much at this point, I am only posting when we drop an episode, but maybe I'll start posting some more stuff too. Some of my, so I'm Sherry and I'm the one that has the Geminit Podcast Instagram. 
Tamara also has Instagram. Hers is separate. And oh, wait. Why don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, you want me to say it? Sure. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> okay. So I actually have two Instagram. I have um, separated out my life hiking, knitting, for, uh-huh. and in, into Tamara Moots on Instagram. And then my Etsy shop knitting toolkits into tall grass knitting. So I have two. Okay. Moving on to that's entertainment. All right. So I will start with this one. I have still only watched a single episode of uh, Station Eleven. But what I'm watching now instead is The Last of Us on HBO. And it's zombies. It's straight up zombies. Um, but it is much less anxiety inducing than Station Eleven is. It's more traditional zombies and less suspenseful. Uh, it is based off of a video game and global warming has caused uh, fungi to mutate. Um, and the, that is what's causing the zombiness. So rather than a virus this time, it's a fungus. I'm, I'm liking it. I, I think I'm liking it. It's, I'm watching it. It's only going to be about 11 episodes, I believe. So I'm probably going to stay it in until the end. It's a good time if you like to see the end of the world. The people are terrible. So <laughs> the, the zombies are fast zombies, but so far there haven't been very many of them. Uh, really all of the danger and all of that has been from the other people. The government, the American government really shut this one down quick, pretty much just by killing everybody. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Um, but We'll see how it goes. It's getting a lot of reviews, so I've actually been listening to podcasts about it, and uh, that's been even more enjoyable than the shows have been. So I've been watching uh, the Ringerverse podcast, and I pretty much watch the shows that they're reviewing because I enjoy the podcast so much. Hmm. It's like a book club, except for for TV. Yeah, this one's on HBO again, right? Yes. Yeah, we turned off our HBO, and I'm sort of regretting that, but we'll switch things around at some point, so... That's what I do. I do um, two streaming services at a time. And when I am done with uh, one, I turn it off to start another one. So I really miss uh, Disney Plus, but it's turned off right now and I'll come back to it. Okay, what about, uh, I'll let you go next. Okay, Um, we watched Cleo, that's K-L-E-O on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And it's about an East German Stasi assassin, assassin. It's about the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Some of it's before and some of it's after, but it's mostly happening kind of right at, you know, there's some jumps in time. And it's, you follow this Cleo, who's an assassin. Uh, it's in German. It's in, it has subtitles. They also speak some Russian. And at one point, they end up in Chile, so they speak some Spanish. So it's kind of hard to watch while you're knitting because you need to mm-hmm. see the subtitles. Um it was pretty good. Stephen King called it a breath of fresh air. And I thought (laughs) (laughs) that may be right on brand for, you know, assassin and Stephen King. I don't think I would go that far, but we enjoyed watching it. We ended up watching through all of the episodes pretty quickly. That's one. Do you want to go again? You want me to do my second one? Oh, I did not realize you had two. let me go next and then you can end up. Um, I am listening to a book on audio. The book is Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. 
and he is the narrator, and he is a professional voice actor. So uh, even though it's his own book, it is well narrated. It is about Viv, an orc that has left the life of a mercenary to open a coffee shop in a city that's never heard of coffee. And it is super sweet and gentle and a lot of world building. And it's pretty much just about so far, because I'm three-fourths away the book, it's about starting a new business and about coffee. It's delightful. I think it's... Um, the reviews talk about how there's a slow burn, so I think it is going to end up both with some uh, drama and some romance at the end. But right now, they're like building a shop and hiring a baker and trying to find beans, and um, it's just a delight. I'm like smiling and grinning right yeah. now. <laughs> Nothing is happening at all, and I'm loving every second of it. That sounds nice. <laughs> Okay, so my second one is I picked up the second book of the Stormlight Archive from Brandon Sanderson. Uh -huh. I talked about that one before. Um, the, the second book is called Words of Radiance, and it, it's the one that the older teen loves so much. It took almost a thousand pages of the first book, but I am now invest, invested and hooked, and I'm reading the second one. There's four mm -hmm. total, so I don't know how far I'll make it, but I'm in the second one right now. Okay, uh, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.